Hey there, friends. How's it going? My name is Kyle Devlin, and I am the host of this podcast. This is the Having a Blast podcast. Having a Blast is a pop punk and emo podcast where we'll be doing a deep dive on important albums and bands. We'll also be speaking with band members, producers, and friends. If you happen to like what you hear, if you could do me a huge favor, perhaps give us a five-star review. That just really helps get the algorithms working in our favor, and then more people can hear the podcast. Or Another thing that really helps us out is if you share it with a friend. If you've got a friend that enjoys this type of music, pop punk and indie, I'd greatly appreciate it. All right, without further ado, let's get into it. what is up i hope you all are doing phenomenally well out there beyond podcast land my name is kyle this is having a blast you probably already knew that because you're listening to the show today i'm excited because we're going to be going on another adventure and a deep dive back to the year 2002 almost 20 years ago now which is insane to say out loud but i'll process that another time yes 2002 was a fantastic year for music especially within the scene the pop punk and emo scene is what i'm referring to this is a fantastic year this is the year that there was a drive-through stage on warp tour which is insane to even think about now just the fact that warp tour was still a thing and drive-through had an entire stage i remember they were having other bands that weren't on drive-through like Glass Shaw and American Hi-Fi and Yellow Card. Man, what a time to be alive. That was a fun warp tour. But anyways, today we're going to be doing a deep dive on one of my favorite albums. Probably one of your favorite albums too, I would imagine. Although this is a pretty polarizing album and band and has been for close to 20 years now. I guess they formed in 2001. So yeah, they're celebrating their 20 year anniversary this year. We're going to be talking about the used. The used, I don't even know what the plural form of the used would be, but we're going to be talking about their self-titled record their first record that came out in the year 2002 and this was a bit of a game changer record for me of course there were records that came before it thursday's full collapse came out before this almost by a year and that was a game changer record not only for me but for the industry i had listened to bands like strong arm and hopes fall and the almighty poison the well and there was a lot of local hardcore bands that i enjoyed but i don't think i had ever heard the melding of hardcore and pop punk like this before and I think the thing that was so shocking when I first heard this record was just how great it sounded just how great the production was it was almost too good and I think it was jarring for a lot of people that grew up in the hardcore scene I know our guitar player of the band that I was in at the time he had a difficult time listening to this record because he thought the scream sounded so processed and so multi-layered and fake I think it was weird for him and I remember having a discussion with him where he told me it sounded weird it was unique how it was recorded initially, but it did become the norm. And it was kind of like when Enema of the State came out and we first heard pitch correction on pop punk vocals. It was a little jarring at first, but then very quickly it became the norm. The industry shifted along with it. And the same thing is true of this particular record. John Feldman doing the production of this record really put him on the map as a star producer and not just the singer of Goldfinger. He had produced a couple records before this. He had done the show off record, Mest. He had worked with Real Big 
Big Fish, but it was this record, the debut record from The Used, the band The Used, that really put him on the map and just made him a sought-out producer of the industry. And every band wanted to work with him after this record. Make no mistake about it. I remember I remember hearing Story of the Year shortly after this. I remember the industry shifting. It was exciting. You could tell there was something happening. The Used is a very interesting band. There's a lot we could say about The Used, but I just want to go into a little bit of the history of how they started and how this record came to be. And before I do that, I want to just give some thoughts on this particular record. I think you got to give major props to the band for being incredibly creative and innovative for this time. I think Brandon's drumming on this record makes it for what it is. He had a lot of really creative halftime beats. He wasn't playing punk rock music, fast music. It's kind of interesting because I'm actually going to see him play with the band Rancid tonight. He's been playing with Rancid for about a decade now. But he is owed a lot of credit for this record and its success because some of the big anthemic choruses have the driving drum beat that needed to accompany it. Brandon's a very solid drummer and a very creative and innovative drummer. And I think the same could be said for Jeff and Quinn. Quinn has some really interesting layers and interesting chord progressions and little intricate guitar leads. And he's owed a lot of credit for early the used success as well. And then Jeff is just a star bass player. Seems like a bit of an odd duck as far as personality goes, but his bass playing is phenomenal and it's only gotten better on subsequent releases after this one. I think you have to recognize Bert as having a defining voice of not only this genre, but just this time period in general and alternative music in general. And he's got some incredibly catchy anthemic melodies that he's written, not only on this record, but several records after this and a very consistent vocalist. He's gotten better live with time. He struggled initially, I think, because he was really pushing beyond his range and he had to sing high every single night. And then you got to give props to Feldman too. As far as some of the techniques he was using, I don't know if he was making stuff up as he went or if he was just innovating with Pro Tools because some of the panning is otherworldly and amazing and intricate and very well thought out and creative. A lot of people followed his techniques in Pro Tools when it came to panning, when it came to putting filters on things, when it came to putting effects on guitars and even drums and vocals. He was using Beat Detective as soon as they had something. He was locking things to a grid as soon as that was available. I'm sure he was doing it on this record. Then everybody followed him. So there's a lot of records that are what they are because of this record. And I think we owe that to John Feldman and his Pro Tools wizardry. Here's a little fun fact that Keith Buckley from Every Time I Die has mentioned in several interviews. And I think he even talked to Bert about this on one of the Alternative Press Award shows. I remember him talking to him about this. But right before they went in to record the vocals for Hot Damn, Keith had listened to the used their first record and he heard Bert scream and he thought to himself, I can't scream like that. There's no way I can sound like that. If this is what's going to be popular and this is what's going to be cool, I'm not going to be able to do it. He was completely second guessing himself and he was having a bit of a panic attack listening to this record. Ultimately, he did go in and record Hot Damn and obviously he's an amazing vocalist as well and an amazing screamer in general. So we all lucked out there. We got Every Time I Die, they didn't hang it up after that. But I always think that's funny, the fact that he listened to the used and it was so overwhelming and scary because it sounded so good and it sounded so different from what they had previously recorded. It scared him a little bit. <laughs> so here I am, it's in my hands. used 
is an American rock band or emo band, however you want to classify them, from Orem, Utah, and they formed in the year 2001. So again, they've been a band for 20 years this year. And it looks like it was the early days of 2001 where they formed. Jeff Howard and Brandon Steineckert played in a local act that performed shows with another band. And that also featured Burt McCracken, who had become their singer. The former band soon broke up that Jeff and Brandon were in, and they then joined forces with Quinn Allman, the guitar player, and formed a new band called Dumb Luck in October of 1999. And shortly afterwards, the group split up. The Used formed in January 2001 with Allman on guitar, Howard on bass, and Steineckert on drums. The trio, who were in need of a vocalist, held many fruitless auditions, apparently. According to Howard, they remembered McCracken and called him, so they must have been friends with Bert. And it seems as though after that, everything just fell into place serendipitously. Following a period of homelessness, the group recorded a demo release, Demos from the Basement, that was the title. Allman said the group listened back to the demos over and over, getting excited, talking about what they wanted to do with them. The group eventually gave a copy to John Feldman, frontman of Goldfinger, who would later go on to record their first record and produce their first record. And he originally said he would tell them that they totally sucked. And this is pretty common of Feldman. He usually, it seems as though he hears potential in bands, but sometimes he'll break bands down a little bit just so he can build them back up. I've heard of him doing this before. And the band subsequently honed their sound before Feldman flew the group out to Los Angeles. So clearly Feldman saw some promise in them. Probably told them they needed to shape up, flesh out their sound, flesh out their songs, record more demos. And they went out to LA where they played for labels. They played label showcases without any success initially. However, they soon began to receive offers from record companies and this is probably because they had clout from Feldman and Feldman was shopping them to different labels and things and I think this is around the time where he started working for Maverick I want to say he was ANRing for them as well as recording bands and soon afterwards the group signed to a major label Reprise Records same label as Green Day which is crazy in late 2001 McCracken said the label staff really seemed to get what they were about offering them 100% creative and artistic freedom. So that was probably something that seemed enticing. The fact that they had freedom to do whatever they wanted and record the record they wanted to record and take their time with it. Before Burt joined the band, they had only had music already prepared, but didn't have any lyrics or vocals. So it makes sense that once Burt joined the band, that completed the puzzle. So they continued to write songs together and recorded a demo album in drummer Brandon's bedroom titled Demos from the Basement. And that's what they used as demos for the record. On hearing the song A Box Full of Sharp Objects, Feldman flew the band to Los Angeles. So that was the song that really got Feldman wanting to be involved and got him hooked on the potential of the band. He did it under his own expense, helped him find a label. Feldman was instrumental in the used being a successful band for them getting signed. They played for various record executives, but received little interest at first. And then they signed a reprise. In 2002, it was discovered that a Boston band had already trademarked the name used for their band. So the band decided to add the to their name, thus becoming the used. Their self-titled debut album produced by John Feldman was released on June 25th, 2002 to some critical acclaim. The album featured the singles The Taste of Ink, Buried Myself Alive, and Blue and Yellow, with all three entering the charts and the album being certified platinum. They went on to play the Warp Tour, and I remember seeing them on a smaller side stage in 2002. They were brand new at that point. The record hadn't even come out before the 
Warp Tour started. They also went on to play OzFest and the Project Revolution Tour, which was Linkin Park's group tour. They also went on to open for Boxcar Racer, their first and only tour. During these tours, they employed a touring guitarist named Greg Bester. He was later forced to return to his home country where he couldn't get a working visa. The band received much recognition when Burt McCracken started dating Kelly Osbourne, who had a nice popular reality TV show, and Burt went on to be featured in one of those episodes of the Osbournes titled Beauty and the Burt. In July 2003, they released a compilation CD slash DVD combo package titled Maybe Memories. The CD features live, rare, previous unreleased tracks and demo material, while the DVD features the history of the band, member bios, and a part of a live concert. Maybe Memories has been certified platinum as well. The Used, the debut album, is the eponymous debut studio album by American emo band of the same name. The Used was recorded at Foxy Studios in Marina Del Rey, California, with John Feldman as the producer. The group recorded piano parts in London at Olympic Studios. Feldman acted as an engineer with assistance from Mark Blewett and Donnie Campion. Feldman also contributed backing vocals to Bulimic and Greener with the Scenery, the latter of which also included additional backing vocals from Carmen Day. String arrangements on Greener with Scenery and On My Own were done by Nick Ingman. Feldman mixed the recordings while Joe Gastwert mastered them at Ocean View Digital Mastering. Brandon, the drummer, said that, quote, the one thing we all took from working with Feldman was to not lose yourself through everything, end quote. The album sound has been described as screamo, and I would agree with that. Pivotal screamo record, emo and post-hardcore. I'd agree with all of those descriptors as far as the genre goes. The Taste of Ink is pretty much about being frustrated and maybe biting on a pen, according to Burt. McCracken also said that Buried Myself Alive was about a girl. It's about drugs. It's about loss. It's about being alive, about living, end quote. A box full of sharp objects was inspired inspired in part by Burt McCracken's past experience with drugs. He said it was about drugs and alcohol and loss and love and just being stoked that things are always going to get better or always going to get worse and that's such a great thing. <laughs> Classic Burt, always being poetic. Blue and Yellow is about Burt and Almond's friendship. As the latter explains, when the band started to really pick up, we were almost not being friends anymore because we were focusing so much on the band and not on each other. End quote. So now I want to talk a little bit about the release of the debut album by The Used. The Used was released on June 25th, 2002 through Reprise Records. During the summer, the group performed on the Warp Tour. As I mentioned earlier, they were on a side stage that year and then on the main stage the following year because by that point they had fully blown up. They also played the OzFest, touring festivals. Despite never having been released as a single, a box full of sharp objects received airplay starting in July, and a band-directed music video was in rotation at TV stations. In late August, a music video was filmed for The Taste of Ink. In October and November, the band supported Boxcar Racer on their headlining tour of the U.S. In December of that year, the band performed at K-Rock FM's Almost Acoustic Christmas Festival, and in January 2003, the band went on a headlining West Coast tour of the U.S. with support from Taking Back Sunday, New Transit Direction, and the Blood Brothers. Buried Myself Alive was released to radio on January 28th of 2003. The following day, the band posted the music video to the song on their website. The video was directed by Amy and Kingsky and features McCracken playing with fire while the band wreaks havoc. A headlining tour of the U.S. East Coast followed in February with support from Finch, The Movie Life, and My Chemical Romance. What a tour. Wow. The Taste of Ink was released as a single on March 11th, 2003, and in March and April, the band went on tour with Coheed and Cambria, and they're about to go on tour with Coheed and Cambria again, which is crazy. In April and May, the group went on tour with Thrice, so they were touring quite a 
bit. It was all systems go, apparently. Two of these shows formed part of MTV's Campus Invasion Tour. Blue and Yellow was released to radio on May 19th. From June to August, the group performed at Warp Tour 2003, and this is when they were on the main stage for the first time. In July, the group released a CD-slash-DVD album, Maybe Memories, and that's that deluxe album that I mentioned earlier with the live album and the demos. The CD included live versions of Maybe Memories, Say Days Ago, and a box full of sharp objects, as well as On My Own. And it had an exclusive bonus track, Just a Little, and a demo of Bulimic, and Sometimes I Just Go For It, a track that had been recording during the piano sessions in London. Upon its release, the album received positive reviews from critics with praise being directed primarily to the instrumentation. And I think one of the reasons too this album was allotted is because not only did it sound amazing, but it was kind of a new sound. As I mentioned earlier, I grew up with hardcore bands, but this was on a completely new level as far as production and recording went. The album has sustained a bit of a legacy. It's since become recognized as a landmark album for the emo core and screamo genres. Many bands such as Escape the Fate, Crown the Empire, and A Static Lullaby have cited the album as a major influence on their sounds. The magazine NME listed the album as one of the 20 emo albums that have resolutely stood the test of time. And I would agree with that. I mean, the recording is phenomenal, and I know some people don't really love how polished a record like this is, and that's completely fair. I think John Feldman, he catapulted this sound in many ways. He was instrumental in making this sound as popular as it was. Perhaps he commodified it a little bit, but I think if you enjoy music as it is, and you take it for what it is, you can still find some heart within music like this that has such a polished, refined sound and sharp edges. There's still some character and authenticity in the performances, so it's not lost completely. They kept some authenticity. But with the power of Pro Tools, I think this record stands out as one that they really went for as polished of production as you could possibly have on a rock record. Let's talk about the commercial performance. The Used debuted at number 50 on the Billboard Heatseekers album chart in the August 17th issue of 2002. So by this point, they were definitely picking up steam. And I remember there was a couple of compilations, Atticus Dragging the Lake. That's the first time I heard a box full of sharp objects and that compilation came out before the record came out we were listening to that compilation a lot on tour it later rose to number one in the november 16th issue and gained the heat seekers impact status when the release moved from number 106 to 96 on the billboard 200 chart it eventually peaked at number 63 on the chart reprise records marketing director xavier ramos said the label's market strategy for the group was to let their fan base build through touring he said we put them on the road soon after we signed them and they were touring a lot our philosophy was that this is a good live band and they'll win fans over show by show. And I'm sure that's what they did, especially being on the Warp Tour. This was an exciting period of time for the Warp Tour. You had emo bands and screamo bands exploding and Warped was smart in including a lot of those bands, even though it was primarily a punk rock festival. Sure, you had mainly punk rock bands up to that point through the mid 90s and the late 90s on Warp Tour, but it was smart for them to start incorporating the post-hardcore genre, the emo genre, and the screamo genre because that really became a defining sound of the Warp Tour scene. The Used also charted at number 34 in Australia and number 87 in Germany. It was certified gold in Australia, Canada, and the US. The Taste of Ink charted at number 19 on the Alternative Songs chart and number 52 in the UK. Buried Myself Alive charted at number 13 on the Alternative Songs chart. Blue and Yellow charted at number 23 on the Alternative Songs chart. And I don't remember ever hearing Blue and Yellow on the radio, but the other two I heard 
pretty frequently in Kansas City. By July 2003, the album had sold over 500,000 copies. So that's pretty good. Not bad. You'd think it would have sold multi-millions by now. Maybe it has. Additional track information. The used recorded 14 songs during the self-titled recording session. The two B-sides from the session are titled Choke Me and Just a Little. Choke Me was released as a hidden bonus track on the album and later on Shallow Believer, their B-sides record. And Just a Little was released as a bonus track in Japan only and later on Maybe Memories. So Japan, always getting those bonus B-sides. It's a theme. It's a trend. And if you've never heard Shallow Believer before, all of their B-sides from their first three records, I'd highly recommend doing so. There's some fantastic songs on that record and some songs that I'm surprised didn't make the cut and were left as B-sides because some of them are some of the brightest and best moments of the used, I think. All right, so we did it. Deep dive on the used, all of the history, kind of a short history. I do want to point out the thing that most people, the lore of the used that they talk about, especially from the DVD. I remember watching the DVD and the making of the record and you see a young Bert and he's literally puking in between takes because he was screaming with such ferociousness and intensity. So that's pretty emo. And that's what I mean, too, by not having lost the authenticity in the performances. I mean, he is screaming with everything he has. It's a guttural scream. And of course, they layered these screams. Of course, they processed them. Of course, they compressed the hell out of them. And of course, they slapped a bunch of reverb on them. But the performance is still there. And he did puke a lot during the recording sessions. So there's something to be said for that. I think that's pretty hardcore. I have a quick used story. The first time I ever heard the used used was live actually it wasn't the dragging the lake comp although i did hear a box full of sharp objects on that compilation soon after this but i remember a buddy of mine member of game time and i drove up to omaha to see goldfinger and we had no idea who was opening but we just really wanted to see goldfinger because we were huge goldfinger fans this is 2001 i believe and so we drive up to omaha and we get there early park our car and i remember walking up to the venue it was on a slight hill and on the steps there was a bunch of dudes who clearly looked like they were in a band and they introduced themselves because we were the only two people walking up and I think we already had tickets but maybe we were buying tickets or something and I remember them being the used and I remember them introducing themselves to us and they mentioned the fact that they just recorded their first album with John Feldman and that's why they were touring with Goldfinger and they were very nice we had a nice lovely little chat with them and that was the first time I had ever heard of the used and by the time game time was on Warp Tour in 2002 we were well aware that that they were poised for stardom. They were definitely making waves. And I remember at that Goldfinger show, that was the first time I met John Feldman very briefly. And I'm pretty sure I handed him an unsolicited game time demo to which he probably threw away (laughs) or listened to it. And I don't know, who knows? But I remember the used came out. They were the only opener and they only had maybe a 20 minute set. It was predominantly Goldfinger in Omaha. But I remember the crowd was not too keen on the used. This was before Screamo really took off. So people just were not ready for it. I think the used were a little green on this tour. I remember them not really sounding all that great, but they were also the first and only opener and it was their first official tour. So you got to give them a little bit of leeway, right? But I remember standing next to people who were all but booing them. So that's my used story. I think about that sometimes. And then I think about the trajectory that the used has had, and it's pretty phenomenal just how transcendent they've been able to be over the last 20 years. I mean, they've just kept going 
and been consistent. They put out a lot of good records since then. And yeah, sure, you could argue that this is the best one, but they've put out some really solid stuff since then too. You could also write multiple anthologies on just how controversial this band has been over the last 20 years. They've gone through a lot of member changes. They've gone through a lot of drama. They've had their ups and downs as a band, I'm sure of it. And if we ever get behind the music stories straight from the mouths of these guys, I would be highly anticipating that and watching with fervent curiosity. All right, so thank you for indulging me on another deep dive on a classic album. What would you consider this album? Emo? Post-hardcore? Screamo? Pop punk? You tell me. Hit me up. My Instagram handle, if you want to message me, is Kyle underscore Devlin underscore underscore. This week, we are releasing a brand new Game Time song after 17 years. I'm really excited about that. I'll have more details in future episodes and things, and maybe I'll even highlight the whole song here. But uh, I hope you are all doing wonderful out there. Have a fantastic rest of your day. Have a fantastic rest of your week. And we'll talk to you soon. Got some cool interviews lined up, so I'm excited to do those. All right. Take care. Bye. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I really do appreciate it. I hope you had a good time. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want to help the podcast out, if you want to do a massive solid for us here at Having a Blast, if you could just leave us a review, a five-star review would be amazing wherever you listen to podcasts. Or if you just want to recommend this podcast to a friend who might enjoy it. All right. Hope you have a wonderful day. Hope you're having a blast listening to your favorite records. I'll talk to you later. Hey.